Awesome. So we're going to um, hear from a few dads. And uh, Dave Ramsey, we're going to welcome you up. So thanks, Dave. Um, g'day. Uh, Josh, you got some photos here somewhere, mate? A few years ago, when my children were younger, we went on a tour around the North Island. And on the way through Auckland, we stopped off at Rainbow's End. It was uh, midweek time at Rainbow's End, going back 10 or 15 years. And what they did was they ran all the uh, activities on a timetable. So you turned up someplace. There wasn't many people here at all. We got to the roller coaster. And uh, myself and uh, two of the boys went on the roller coaster, went round once, and the, there was only three or four of us on the roller coaster. The guy said, oh, there's no one else here. I'm just going to leave it running. <laughs> so we went round the first time, and I thought, you know, this is really cool. And then the second time round, I'm starting to get uh, a bit queasy and turning green. And the third time round, I'm looking for people underneath, thinking what well, my lunch is going to look like all over them. <laughs> And uh, for me, you know, to be honest, being a dad has sort of been like that. There's been highs and lows, good and bad. Uh, sometimes it was such a stress out that I felt like throwing up. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I heard a guy called Sam Monk, who is a, a dad and a pastor, talk about an interaction he had with his daughter. His daughter's 13 years old. He said to her, giving her some advice, he said, I don't want you to date until you're 30. <laughs> I thought, ridiculous. I told my daughter, don't have anything to do with a boy under 25. They're all idiots. <laughs> the, next the next thing he said to her was, don't marry a loser. His daughter came straight back to him and said, why did mum marry you? <laughs> I thought, ouch. <laughs> and then she says to him, oh, dad, you're not a loser. Mum was, she married you. So <laughs> that was a double ouch on that. But if you, if you think about that, I thought about what that guy went through with his daughter, that little interaction, and I thought you could look at it two ways. You could look at it one way and say, boy, that girl was disrespectful, what a terrible dad. You could look at it the other way and think, what an awesome relationship that guy had with his daughter because she could just joke with him without fear of racking him up, getting a backhand or anything like that at all. So I thought that was a really precious thing. As a dad, you know, I've got um, four children. Um, this year, 2016, they are uh, or about to turn 20, 24, 27 and 29. I've had a lot of laughs um, and, uh, you know, to be honest, it's been a real honour and a privilege to be their dad. And there's been times when uh, it has been mildly terrifying. The thing that I love about being a dad most of adult children is, uh, it just happened this week, another time actually, one of the kids came up to me and said, oh, Dad, you know, what do you think about, um, you know, premarital sex? Another one had to talk to me about smoking weed. And, and I, I said the, about the weed smoking one, I like I couldn't sleep at night and I thought what are, you know what are these kids you know up to you know but th and then I thought about it later on and they, they were just testing me out you know see where I stood on this a and the precious thing about it was I, I felt honored that they came and talked to me about that and, and that we had the relationship to do that and a lot of times in my parenting life my fathering life that has not been the case made some mess ups made some horrible mistakes, 
uh, but the grace of God has been with me, and, and the blessed thing about being a dad is that I've had this lady here with me, Glennis, and we can pray together. And when we got in a real tight spot, we'd pray and agree and stand together. And we saw our children come around um, from disaster into walking a, a better way. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I've just got to still catch my breath Morning, church. Okay, I'm talking about wanted, wanted today. And about, um, I'm a fan of being a superhero dad. Okay, being superhero dads. Okay, um, if you came here last night, you would have seen a lot of miracle wonders. An elder came up and gave his heart to the Lord again. And that elder was my boss, 74 years old. I prayed for him the last three years to bring him into the church, into the youth ministry last night, outreach. That was the power of God coming in and breaking through. You know, all of these sort of things that we speak about as, as fathers. You know, iron men, we all need this armor. All of us men need the armor around us. We need to be surrounded with the armor of God. Come with me to the battlefields, to the trenches out there, because I take on any man that wants to be out in the world. They need to be in places like this. This is what it's all about. It's not okay. It's not okay for our kids to be, to be left fatherless in, in families. It's not okay. To be addicted to drugs and alcohol. It's not okay for our kids to see their wives getting from one corner to the other corner in, the, in their lives. It's not okay. Some of these things, some of these things, in my whole life, I was like that. I was an abuser. I was an abuser of my wife, my sons. I gave my wife all my responsibilities. I gave it all to her. It wasn't until five years ago that um, I gave my life to God, my salvation, in my lounge. I gave it all to God. Then God comes down and he anointed me with the Holy Spirit. And now, I'm, you know, my life has totally changed. I've completely transformed. I've been water baptized. I've been taken to all over the places. And I've given, you know, I've had to publicly declare in Rarotonga in front of two, three hundred people about how my sons missed out on a life growing up without a father because I gave their responsibility over to my wife. And it tells me I'm the head of my family in the Bible. God tells me I'm the head of my family. So, Lee, what do I do? I stand up and I be counted. I'm accounted to God first and foremost. My son came and asked me, he said, Dad, I'm confused. What are you confused about? Well, you've you got a religion that you believe. And I said, no, no, no. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ, my Savior. That's the difference. The world is going to knock us down. The world wants us to be knocked down. But as fathers, we stand up and be counted. We are who we are. To all of us, all of us men that was at the breakfast yesterday saw how we were together. Together we are united as one. As one we are for the Father of our, of our um, Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, I'm just really, really on fire for God. Last night, is, you know, I haven't slept much because what do I leave out in this five-minute testimony that I've got to give to you guys about fathers and how it's impacted? Jeremiah 1.5, before I found you in the womb, I knew you before you have been, and I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Nations ain't across the world, Farno. Nations are right here. Our own Farno needs to be saved. You know, we had a great testimony about a man, how he was broken up, how drugs took him out, how he was abused. The same Farno, that's our nation. All of us need to be in this nation together. Go out and, you know, declare his word. Don't be shy. I'm not shy. Everybody knows I'm a soldier of God. So I want you fellas to come beside me. You know, it's, um, it's been an honor. It's been an honor to see when your grandson sees you 
you know, he hadn't seen you for a week or so. Papa, Papa, comes running to you. I open my arms up to him. He runs, you know, and this is it's just like how my father done to me in heaven. When I gave my salvation to him, you know, everything, everything he, um, I asked for, because he, he told me, you know, I'll send you out to the world to heal, which I've, I, I've done ministry in healing, to, to save the brokenhearted, to save, go and, and deal to the orphans, that orphan spirited, the orphan minds, okay? You know, it's all of these sort of things. And I'm a proud father. I'm a grandfather my age, my tender young age, everybody. I'm a grandfather, and I love it. You know, we've been, we've been through all these, um, uh, you know, these walks. It's, you know, I've only been a, a savior and a follower of Jesus for five years. Five years he's impacted my life 24-7. Wow. I know men are struggling out there to even get up and talk to our father in the morning and at night. To me, I had built it because it was hard reading the Bible. It wasn't fun reading the Bible because the Bible, man, I read it like a book. Then God told me, you read it how I show you how to read. You pray to me, you talk to me, you communicate with me. And which I've done, um, you know, and one of the greatest things is um, the prodigal son. We all know about prodigal sons. I'm a prodigal son. I went out into the world. I done what I wanted to do. I blew my life. You know, and then I was living with the swallows, with the pigs, because my life spiritually wasn't filled. Physically, I had everything, but spiritually, I wasn't filled. I, um, I came back and, and wallowed in it, and I asked my father to, um, to take me back. You know, Prodigal Luke, I'm just trying to find this, so bear with me. Um, it's just so exciting. I can just talk about my love of God and how he loves me so much. He anoints me. Anything I ask for, I put my hand up, I receive. Luke 15, uh, here it goes, uh, chapter, chapter 22, 22. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, kissed him, like I love doing to my sons. The son said to the father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. This banquet that he took me to, I've never left that banquet table. I'm always at that banquet table. I love being at that banquet table. My papa gives me everything I need, everything that I need from desserts to soft drinks to you name it. He loves me that much. And I ask you, all you men that are struggling out there, give your sons, give your daughters, give your grandchildren big hugs every day and tell them how much you love them. Because without us being in their hearts and their lives, we are the greatest impact. Don't be like me and give my responsibilities to my wife. It's our responsibilities as fathers. In our household, after our Father in heaven, it's our responsibilities to be clear with our own families. And I stand here and I'm proud to be a savior of Jesus Christ. I'm proud to be a follower of Jesus Christ. So I thank you so much, church. I give you, I just thank you for Pastor Paul and Pastor Ruth for the opportunities that they give for me just to get up and express my love. To each one of us, I thank you. And I love you all, my brothers and sisters, because this is how they've been taught. Love you, church. Amen. Okay, we're going to hear from another dad, and I think he's on stage, are you? So are you going to pop it up?
This is Ruben. Welcome, Ruben. Hey, uh, is this to put my baby on? <laughs> I, I just want to talk about um, the impact that a father can have when he doesn't even know it. So um, uh, the first thing I want to talk about is a little story that my dad loves telling me. When I was, uh, when I was a little baby and nappies just walking around, probably about the same age as Adira, um, my dad was working on this house that he just newly bought for us. And uh, he was working out in the, in the yard, carting soil from one side to the other in a wheelbarrow. It was raining. And apparently I was out there with my own little wheelbarrow and my nappies and a shirt. Apparently, um, you know, but a bit of whatever was in my nappies dripping down my leg. I didn't care. I was out there with this wheelbarrow and I would follow my dad around from one side to the other. Like this. Following him around with my little wheelbarrow. And if he didn't put half a shovel full of soil in my wheelbarrow, I'd kick up a big sting until he did it, and then I could follow him back over to the other place where he was dumping the soil and dump it. Now, <laughs> the reason I'm telling this story is because when, when we just are, as fathers, our children soak it up, eh? Yeah? How, ma how many of you have heard the, uh, the old saying, do as I say, not as I do? Yeah? How many of you know that's a bit of a, bit of a fallacy? Because as fathers, we have so much impact on our children, I think, just by who we are and the way we treat people around us, you know? I think for, for daughters, they learn how their standard of how they're going to allow being treated by a man, by how their father treats their mother, not by what their father says to them. Don't go with naughty boys, don't stay out late, this, that and the other thing. They don't listen to that. They look at how he treats their mother and they go, that's what I'm going to settle for. That's the standard. That's the bar. So I encourage you, I think, I think a lot of men can think, I don't really have a lot of influence on my kids. I'm working all day and then I come home, don't spend much time to them. They don't listen to me. But when I think of all my core values that I've learned through my childhood, a lot of them to do with work, to do with how... I treat my wife and to do with how I build uh, relationships both professionally and just personally are built a lot on what I saw from my father, not from what he told me, you know, just from what he did as a person. So I just want to, at this time of Father's Day, I just want to raise my dad up. He's, he's an amazing man and I love him. He just taught me so much. Like, And the hardest thing I think of is when, when I think of how to be a father, I I always look back to how he fathered me. But my dad, I don't know if any of you know my dad, but he never had a dad when he grew up. His dad was gone when he was two years old. And uh, so for me, just thinking of how I'm learning how to bring my baby up, if I didn't have that backstop of what did my dad do for me, I don't know where I'd be. So I just want to do a, sh uh, a big shout-out to the dads out there that are, that are leading by example, you know, so if you, if you want your kids to, to follow a certain line, walk that line yourself and they'll follow you, you know. So that's, that's really my encouragement. That's what I've got to say. So yeah, big shout out. Happy Father's Day to all the dads. You guys make such a difference to the life of your kids. And um, yeah, praise God for you guys. Well, church, today when I was thinking about our theme, Wanted, it, it came to me about myself being a dad and that uh, 
that was one of the biggest things that happened in my life. One of the biggest days for me in my life was becoming a dad and just remembering how the joy I felt that day. And I'm telling you that for, for eternity, for, for since the beginning, before creation, that you were wanted. God wanted you as a son or a daughter of his, which is just incredible. So I, it just, just I want to read my son's um, name, Elias. We got that from Luke one uh, seventeen, And it says this, And he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias. Elias is the Greek name for Elijah, okay? So that's why some translations say Elijah. To turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient uh, to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And uh, that was such an important thing for, for me to read that. And, and I believe that uh, we actually had a name before he was born. And uh, when I was told he wasn't going to make it, he was probably dead already. I was told that by medical professionals. And I had a, a, a choice there to make, whether I would believe what they were saying or believe that God had given me a name for my child and, uh, and that we believed. And uh, we actually saw an incredible miracle of healing. We had to go to a, a, um, a, a gynecologist and uh, in a third world country, but it, thankfully he was highly trained, had all the, uh, you know, amazing uh, technical machines and stuff he needed to be able to do his job. But uh, we saw a miracle. He, he needed to print something off for our doctors in Canada, and we saw a miracle. We prayed for a change to happen while he was getting paper for his, for his ultrasound machine, and we saw a miracle happen there. But... The, the point I'm bringing this up is because I know the father's heart being a father. How when I had my son, my son didn't have to do anything to earn my love. He, he just had to happen. He just had to be. So when I held him in my arms for the very first time, uh, there was just incredible love I had for my son. And God has that incredible love for each person here today. And what he's, he's called you to, you don't actually have to do anything to please him. You know, you don't have to impress him. It's not based on your ability to do anything. It, it doesn't matter that you can only ride the bull for three seconds like an old man like myself. That's all right. God still loves me and accepts me. And he actually has a plan and a purpose for each person. And he just wants you to experience the incredible life that is found in him. So this morning I was praying, Holy Spirit, I pray that we would feel the attraction to the Father that he has for us, the love that he has for us. So I hope that you can feel that in this moment, that he wants you to experience life on another level than you're experiencing it right now. The things you're struggling with, he doesn't want you to struggle with. He has made a way for you through those things. And he offers life, he offers hope. He offers peace where there's no peace. And uh, it's just incredible what he offers uh, to his children. And it's simply because he created you, he loves you, and, and that's why he, he did this whole thing about coming to the earth in, in the nature of a man to suffer and to die is be, uh, just purely to have you come into his family. 
And the, all we have to do to come into the family of God is just accept what he's done and just receive what he's done by faith. And he's actually, what he's done is, when he was talking about Elijah, he's actually talking about a human being. He's talking about men, the, men, the work of men and women in this whole thing. So, so the word for fathers there is actually anybody who's a guardian. And you actually become a guardian or a parent when you come into relationship with Jesus Christ. You take on the nature of the Father, and all of a sudden you're bringing other people into his kingdom. You're attracting people because of the Holy Spirit being in you. And you're speaking words of life because of the Holy Spirit being in you. So that is exciting. I want to encourage you that you are a parent today. You are a father. You are a mother to people out there, anywhere where you have influence today. And that, that can be where you work, who your family is, wherever you are. So I just want to encourage with you with that also. So number one, you're wanted. The Father wants you. He wants to have a relationship with you. That is number one. And the second of all, he's, he's got a plan and a purpose for your life is number two. So this morning, could we just have everyone's head bow, our eyes closed? And I'm just going to ask you, if, if you haven't had a relationship with the Father yet, if you'd like to find out about this father we've been talking about that wants you today and loves you and cares for you, if you would like to know that father, would you just raise your hand today? Everybody's eyes are closed. Just raise your hand. Thank you for putting your hands up. I see your hands. Thank you. Thank you. We're just going to pray together today. Let's just pray together. Hey, just repeat what I'm saying, please. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you love us with an incredible love. Lord, I thank you that you came and you gave your life for me so that you could have relationship with me. And Lord, I receive the life that you have for me. I thank you for setting me free and inviting me into your family. Thank you, Jesus. So thank you for doing that. If, the second thing is, we're gonna, I just wanna ask, is there anybody who, who needs freedom in your life for anything or you're believing for something that you're struggling with? That is the other thing. We're gonna pray that today. I, it, just receive as I pray, okay? Holy Spirit, we just thank you that you have set us free, that there is freedom in Christ Jesus. And Lord, whatever issues are holding us back or hindering us, Lord Jesus, we declare those things are subject to your authority and your kingship. Lord, there is nothing, Lord, that you are not above, that you do not rule over. And Lord, I, I pray that our minds, Lord Jesus, would focus off the problem, Lord Jesus, and we would turn our gaze to you, Lord, that we would see there's hope and deliverance in you, Lord Jesus, this morning. So Lord, I pray for every financial burden, Lord Jesus, that is too much for us. Lord, I pray for every sorrow that is too much for us. Lord, for every sickness that is too much for us. Lord, we give it to you. We declare that you have authority over it. And Lord, and we declare wholeness, Lord, where there needs to be uh, restitution, where there needs to be restoration, Lord. We declare wholeness and hope now in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen.